going on, everybody? It is the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Hope everyone had a good Wednesday. Today is our NFL extravaganza podcast. Sean and I led off with the Giants, went over their recent win against the Houston Texans. Then we went into the Jets, talked about their loss, their depressing loss to Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. Then we went into the AFC and broke that de- broke down that entire conference. Then we went to the NFC, went over our picks. We were a depressing 2-2 two and two yet again, but hopefully we can get things turned around starting next week. And then we went into our picks up and coming for the week. Um, we will be back on Monday with an MLB podcast. Our everything pods will be going over college football and whatever happens with the Jimmy Butler trade. And um, always follow us on Instagram at sorry underscore sports, on Twitter at sorry sports, and always check out the website sorrysports.com. Check out Sean's most recent article. And we'll be coming out with an email that we're going to give you guys soon to email us suggestions and whatnot. We're going to be changing around the format of the podcast soon. So enjoy this pod and have a good night. Hey everybody, welcome back. It is the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We're doing our Wednesday NFL recapping week three, going into week four. A lot to talk about. Tom, what's up? What's going on, man? How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. Lots of NFL to discuss, as always, during this pod. Um, A lot of fun to get into. And we are going to actually lead off with a surprising win, but one that I will happily take, which is the New York Football Giants. Winning a meaningful game for the first time in two years, taking down the Houston Texans in Houston 27-22. Thank God. That's all I have to say is just thank God they got a win. It was it was nice to see. I'm like so numb from the losing. I, I was expecting them to lose every aspect of that game, and uh, but thank God they didn't, and feels good to be a Giants fan this week. Oh, my God. I, first of all, I don't want to hear it because you've witnessed two Super Bowls and you're basically a. have said life. the last few years. Last few I don't want to hear it. I'm a Jets fan. Let's keep that in mind. Nobody's That's nobody's fault but yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their, their offensive line did look a little bit better, although I think J.J. Watt had three sacks. Yeah, I mean, you're, you, they had another week of facing elite pass rush. But, hey, they won. What else can you ask Yeah, for? I mean, definitely I think up. it sparked the team. I mean, Chad Wheeler wasn't great. He's not an all-pro at right tackle, but it was just nice to see somebody other than Eric Flowers. And I think that kind of, you know, ignited the team a bit. No one's going to come out and say it, but when you see personnel decisions like that come about the night before the game, that's a wake-up call to especially a lot of the veterans who are on this team that were picked by the former regime. You know, mm-hmm. this is not Schumer's guy. Schumer did did not pick him. Schumer and, and Gettleman had nothing to do with him. They wanted to give him a shot just because they were so decimated on that offensive line. And you heard my rant last week. He fucking sucks. And, and we don't have to see him anymore and put him on the bench. You know, who knows if that's a wake-up call for the kid. I don't know. But all I know is that there seemed to be a little bit more of a spark on that Giants team this week. With improved offensive line, check in the box for one of your arguments. Eli played significantly better when he has a little bit of time to throw the ball. Eli Manning Did you had, believe it? Yeah. A little bit of time now, and it correlates <laughs> to better quarterback play? Who would have thought? <laughs> I mean – Eli had one of the best games he's had in years. Uh, he he was absolutely incredible. And 
honestly going 25 of 29 with three TDs, not throwing a pick. I don't expect that kind of game every week, but it just does go to show that he's very competent when you give him time to make plays. And another thing is just Saquon Barkley's just pure talent was on display again. Mm -hmm. Went up and made a catch over the cornerback when they split him out wide. There's nothing this guy can't do. And he, from the beginning, he was running hard, uh, getting through some holes, eight, nine yard carries here and there. And it just, it's amazing. And you see all these other teams around the league do it. And it's like the Giants are stuck in the mud. And at least for one week, you know, with the exception of the third quarter, they were able to move the ball pretty well, and they kept Eli upright, and Barkley ran hard. Even Wayne Gallman had a nice day getting the carries when Barkley wasn't. Just nice to get a win, and I and I'm not I'm not gonna you know go crazy and think this is gonna you know elevate them to to reel off nine out of the next eleven games. Yeah. And, but I am gonna say this is the the NFC playoff picture is a little more murky than we thought at least so far into the season. Uh, I thought this league was. Nine, ten teams deep, and it, it still might be, but there's some teams that look like they're in just as much trouble. And if the Giants can get two of the next four, the schedule becomes a lot easier. They got the Saints coming up at home this week. We'll discuss that during our week four preview. But yeah, I mean, at least for one week, it, it's nice to say, wow, got to see the Giants win. Defense looked good, and they almost broke 30 for the first time in like. Three, three years, years so. yeah crazy yeah, definitely a good win and i thought their defense looked really good me too and, and that was watson a, looks rusty as hell but he, he does and still had a good game i think he almost had 400 yards with two passing touchdowns so right and, and the giants you know they still gave up th- they still gave up four sacks watt had three um they were doubling clowny basically the entire game which was giving watt free reign to show that he when he's healthy he's still one of the most dominant and and uh, monstrous defensive ends in in the game of football. But, you know, definitely not going to say the Giants' problems are solved. I think the Texans, boy, does my pick look really, really wrong with them, and especially Watson. They look bad, and I don't know when they're going to get a win. You know, I thought that them being at home, taking advantage of a Giants team that hasn't won a meaningful game in two years, was really going to spark them. And they just looked kind of lifeless. So... I think that their season's done, and you can put Bill O'Brien on the hottest of seats in the NFL right now, which you spoke to last week. I think he's the first one gone. Oh, yeah. Probably sooner rather than later. Absolutely. He's he's definitely going to be the first one's gone because Hugh Jackson, leading into the Jets, got a win and kind of solidified his coaching job a little bit more. Um, so first qu- first half with the Jets, the Jets look great. It, it reminded me of the last few games. I was feeling great about my pick. Yeah, first half of the Jets game, the Jets look great. They really game planned well for Tyrod Taylor. They came out aggressive on defense, and they were mixing up the pass and the run game really well. Isaiah Crowell goes for you know a hundred yards with two TDs in this game. Bilal Powell had a really good game as well. Isaiah Crowell with an all timer of a touchdown celebration. All timer, yeah. Um. But then Tyrod Taylor gets hurt. They come out in the second half, and it was the most, you know, it was like the Dolphins game. It was the most vanilla thing I've ever seen. The defense is in cover three. It's like they didn't know how to even. I understand that you don't expect Baker Mayfield to come in off a short week playing a, playing a Thursday night game, 
but they had no game plan for him. It looked like the guy was able to make every throw because the covers are so soft that it was like he was playing in the preseason again. They didn't give him any pressure. You never saw any jets around him. And then on the offensive side of the ball, first of all, the offensive line is terrible. One of the worst probably with the Texans, two offensive lines in the league. You know, Sam Darnold's first interception when he was trying to lead them down the field a guy, his offensive lineman was pushed into his chest. His second interception, and I'm trying to make excuses for the guy because that's my baby boy. Yeah, he's the second coming of Jesus Christ. We get and, it. And the second one, he was trying Your to make a play boy. in the last in the he's last the sequence age. of the game. And um, I'm a little bit older than him, which is depressing. But <laughs> um, And I just think that, you know, between the defense and going away from the running game, this team needs to do a lot better job of game planning because – if they don't and they keep losing games like this, Todd Bowles is going to be talked about right up there with Bill O'Brien if Bill O'Brien isn't fired yet. This team needs to have a better game plan. I'm tired of like watching in the second half. You play to If you have a lead, you play not to lose instead of to win. Keep being aggressive. Keep the foot on the gas pedal. Cover three defense the entire second half combined with no running game at all whatsoever in the second half is not going to do it. Yeah. Agreed, but I want to get away from the game plan and kind of the schematics of the game. What is it going to take for Todd Bowles to get control of what his players do? The this is one terrible. of the mo- every single season they make they have three or four of these games where they yep. just shoot themselves in the foot. And, and I know that Crowell one like was it's the hilarious same. and yeah. funny, and he wanted to do that, but. I mean, come on. And it's not like it's the same guilty parties. I mean, Tremaine Johnson, they went three and out, and Tremaine Johnson gets gets a terrible 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct first down penalty. He wasn't even on the team last year. So it's not like it's all the same characters. It's it seems just like coaching. it's a culture, man. And and every time that Bull speaks, it's we're going to correct it. We're going to correct it. Well, this is now four years of this, and he's not – he has not done a good job of, of making sure that his players, regardless of who they are, you know, have their shit together because those are penalties you can't have. I understand the Browns, and I think it was the perfect storm with Mayfield coming into that game because I think the Jets were very comfortable with Tyrod Taylor. They've seen a lot of Tyrod Taylor over the last few years in Buffalo. And I think with the Browns and whatever kind of weird momentum and, and good feelings that they've had even being, you know, Oh, one and one with the hard knocks, but having Mayfield come in on a Thursday night, primetime game against a team that they probably circled on their schedule and looked like, Hey, this is one of the few winnable games in the jets, both kind of going through those rebuilds. The Browns have been more profound, obviously, and throwing Baker in there where he's kind of been a showman in college and where he could just go in. I th- I felt as soon as he came in and he led them down for that field goal, I was thinking the Jets could be in trouble here. Yeah, and I mean, I guess Hugh Jackson... Because if Tyrod Taylor's in that game, that's a Jets win yeah, going away. Yeah, I guess Hugh Jackson finally watched enough tape on um on, What an idiot. This Baker is Mayfield. why you have won one game, now two in two years. To finally name him the starter. Oh, I got to but... look at the tape. I'll show you the tape. Your team scored zero points with one quarterback. You won the game with the other one. Absolutely. All right, so moving on to the AFC, we'll, we'll do a little rundown after that. Um, I want to start off by talking about the New England Patriots. Okay. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. Um, I had a lot of capital invested in them this week. I thought they were going to roll Matt Patricia 
and they it seems like for once in Bill Belichick's career, once every few years he has a game like this, they did everything wrong, and Matt Patricia looked, I'll give the guy credit, I'm not a big fan, he looked like he was ready for them. First of all, we'll talk about the Patriots first, and then we'll talk about what the Lions did well. You're going to send three wide receivers out there, okay? You're going to address three wide receivers. Matt Patricia sees that, and he goes, okay, we're going to stack the box. Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, James White, they're going to do nothing, and we're going to double Gronk. Michelle looks really bad, by the way. He looked terrible, yes. He really did, but, I mean, I think it had to do – the guy's probably still a little hurt. He was out week one, and I, I he might have been out week two. He played limited in week two against and, Jacksonville, yeah. And he's still a rookie, so that's understandable. Rex Burkhead just got – got hit with a neck injury. He's on injured reserve now. That's besides the point. But when you dress three wide receivers, none of them named Josh Gordon, who can't create separation at all. Cordell Patterson, first rounder. He's been on, what, three to four teams already? The guy doesn't even know how to run the right fucking route. Tom Brady's not even looking his, looking in his direction. Philip Dorsett, another first, first, former first rounder. Guy, he's clearly being bottled up, cannot create separation. He's a Julian Edelman 2.0. He's good when there's other good wide receivers on the field. And Chris Hogan, another guy that can't create separation. So if you're Matt Patricia, who's supposedly a fucking rocket scientist, you look at this and say, we're going to stop the run, we're going to double Gronk, and Brady's not going to have anybody to throw to. And guess what happened? That was exactly the case. That was exactly what happened. Once he saw the actives on that list and he saw that Josh Gordon wasn't playing, that's it. And I understand it. Maybe the guy really has a hamstring injury. Probably not. But maybe he has a really bad hamstring injury, whatever. Even if he doesn't know the plays, just put him out there as a decoy and let him run a straight line. At least he can do that faster than anybody else on the field. Because yeah. Darius I mean, Slay is going to shut down Dorsett, so you can't throw to him. Chris Hogan can't create separation. And Cordell Patterson can't even run a fucking route. That was really bad. That was and the now worst. I'm poor because of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Patriots just have a long line of just fucking you, don't they? Yeah. Whether it's your team or your bets. Um, wow. I was, I was blown away with how bad the Patriots looked. And... For all the reasons that you outlined just there, but Stafford played well, and Carry on yes. Johnson, now moving the over rookie running the back out of Auburn, yard rusher really nice performance. Now we will both state that the Patriots' defense leaves a lot to be, you know, deserved. Incre- That's and a we bad said this team. last week. They can't move laterally. Laterally, they're incredibly slow. They probably have one good cover corner. They let their other one go, and Malcolm Butler. He didn't even play the Super Bowl, but. I mean, listen, Stafford made one bad pick, but it really didn't matter because the Patriots' offense was, in, was anemic as anything. But besides that, he threw the ball great, and that running game for the first time in however long was on fire. Yeah, and, and I'm not going to go too off the rails here and, and proclaim that the Patriots are, oh, are now done. Oh, because you look like an idiot if you do. Well, we, exactly. No, we can't, can't but a that. lot of people – that I will say this. Brady doesn't look like he has much, as much zip on the ball. But, of course – the receiving core is really bad. So when he when he gets he his boy when he gets his boy Adelman back and he gets Gordon healthy and, and acculturated into that into that team running the routes and on the same page, I definitely expect them to be better. At least they're two viable threats that they don't have right now. But that defense is not good. That defense I don't see getting a lot better. And it's early season struggles. They're about to play three straight at home, starting with the Dolphins this week, who are 3-0. We'll get into their matchup with the Raiders in a little bit. 
but this is a game that to me speaks okay the classic patriots will come home they're gonna wipe away everything and that bad taste in their mouth matt patricia might have just had his signature win and only signature win up you know if it was up to you to decide <laughs> and uh I'll and give whatever. him credit where credit's due. Congrats yeah. to Matt Patricia. But I, I really think good the, game plan. Yeah, and I, think, I think that was just another really bad performance. Two straight weeks from the Patriots on the road against tough, against a really tough Jacksonville team that got their revenge and a coach that wanted to beat them more than anything in the world. So moving on from that, I, well, I really do to, believe that the Patriots will end up You have to keep in mind they play, they play in the AFC East. There, you can go ten and six and still win that division. Yes, I think, but once again, it does show their vulnerability, particularly away from Foxborough. They're not as comfortable, even in Ford Field, which is hardly a home field advantage, and Jacksonville, which is not known as one either, aside from them having to play in those really hot conditions, which won't be the case come January. If they have to go play a tough game on the road again in the postseason this year because they're just not as equipped to go on a 13 and 3, 12 and 4 run. I, I don't they may not get to the Super Bowl. Oh man, you say they're so upset. But, well, I picked them too, so I had kind of liked them too uh from the AFC side, but no man, I I think I was definitely surprised with that game. And I a lot of people were and I'm very sorry for your loss capital wise. <laughs> That's all right. It, it really Really hurt me. What I a freaking weird week, man. Coming, come. What we're gonna talk about picks later, but I really thought I was gonna go. I thought I was gonna get on a run this week and go four and Not up. even, not even your. I mean, this was one of the weirdest weeks. I mean, sometimes you just gotta freaking throw up, throw up your hands and just say fuck it. Like, yeah, I, what this can is, you really This is say? one of those years. So absolutely, I'd like to get into the next game that kind of follows that. I'm gonna talk about the Buffalo freaking Bills going into Minneapolis and putting the beat down on my NFC pick to come out and and represent the conference the the Minnesota Vikings. That Jesus game, Christ. I, they were looking ahead. They were they looking had forward to, have to been. the Rams it on Thursday. It didn't look like night. they even were ready to play. I'll tell you what, your MVP candidate Case Keenum. That was Keenum, bad. He looked No, no, no. Ter- Kirk Cousins. Sorry, sorry. I I'm sorry. Whatever. He looked terrible. Whoever was out there at quarterback, he looked, looked like Kirk he looked Cousins. really he looked really good in his first two games. He looked as Equally as pathetic last time. He looked time. like Washington Redskins, Kirk Cousins, and no wonder they the wouldn't whole, give him a whole lot of money. <laughs> well, the whole team looked terrible. I mean, how does your defense give up 21 points in the first half? Because Josh Allen's a future Hall of Famer. Oh, clearly. please, 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 please. <laughs> but would I you mean, rather listen, have him than Sam Darnold? No, absolutely not. That you was sure? a joke. The, okay, no, that was a joke. It's a complete throwaway game. You really can't make any. Any observations from this game? I think the Bills are still probably right up there with the Arizona Cardinals as one of the worst teams in the league. You know, maybe they got really motivated because Vontae Davis retired. I still don't think he regrets that decision. No. What else can you say? Maybe I they think- use that. I mean, you you got to understand. I mean, these teams are looking for any kind of edge, any kind of bulletin board material, any kind of negative reaction from the press and the media and what have you to – to say kind of fuck the world, throw the middle fingers up and play. And I mean, when we were taking picks, I think we, you mentioned last week, like, oh, you're going to pick up against the Bills again? Like really creative there, Sean. And <laughs> I think anybody could, but in my survivor, I sure as hell did. So now I'm two survivors down and, and I've lost uh, oh, both of terrible them. For you. What a fucking ridiculous loss. situation that is. I mean, another sure win. But 
what was the spread in that game? Wasn't it like 16 points? 16 and a half. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. So props to the Bills. For that was their best win that they'll get all year. I'm almost sure of it. Um, and just really epitomized, really started the week off after after that Thursday night game. Started the Sunday slate off with, okay, this is going to be a weird week. Because yeah. when I saw the score, 17-0 in the first quarter, I had to do like three double takes to make sure that I was reading it right that the Bills had 17. Josh Allen did play pretty well, though. No, he did. And, but I think you you hit the nail on the head. I mean, that was a throwaway game. It had to have been. It didn't look like the Vikings had any idea what came out of that opposing team's locker room. It didn't look like they even knew who was playing. Kirk Cousins really laid an egg. That defense couldn't get a stop. And a, and a team that was right there, you know, the, the second team in the NFC last year, a lot of people's pick, including mine, to get to the Super Bowl, they couldn't have looked worse. But the Saints have had some tough games, and 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 there doesn't seem to be a great team yet. So no. we'll see. All right. So moving on, let's talk about the. Uh, this is, looks like a baseball score. You wrote that in our notes. Yeah. Tennessee Titans beat the Na- Jacksonville Jaguars nine six. I think you know sometimes when you play with Blake Bortles, you're gonna get terrible points. I mean. When you play with fire, you're going to get burnt. When you play with Blake Bortles as your quarterback, you're going to run into a few games, especially when Leonard Fournette doesn't play, that you're not going to be able to get any offense rolling. That defense in Tennessee looked really good. I think Mike Vrabel, I was really high on him as a coach. Yeah, you were. Looked pretty good. And Blaine Gabbert goes out in the first or second quarter. Marcus Mariota, yeah, he threw, he, I think he had about 130 yards. He's fine. He says he still can't make all the throws, doesn't have feeling in his hand. That's not good. I was just going to say, as a quarterback to say that, that's not really what (laughs) Um, you want. We'll see if he comes back full-time next week, how Blaine Gabbard feels. Again, this is a game. It was. I don't think I watched, aside from on red zone, too many plays in this game. There wasn't a lot of scoring I was just going to say, you sure didn't miss much, man. You're good. So I think this one is just a Blake Bortles kind of game. Blake Bortles and Mitchell Trubisky, I mean, they're going to be the reason why you lose. A little letdown from the Patriot win? Um, I, I guess you could say that, but I also just think it's Leonard Fournette. I think it's more Leonard Fournette didn't play. They couldn't get anything going in the passing game because if their quarterback is down, he is down. And, I mean, if if you have that kind of a guy where he can't pull anything else out because he's not playing well, then that's pretty much what you're stuck with. So I think Jacksonville will bounce back. I mean, it's not like the defense looked bad. They only gave up nine points. Right. And they got the Jets next week at home, so I'm sure that'll be a 20-point win. <laughs> um, moving on. Boy, you sound you sound broken. Yeah. You're always talking about me sounding broken. That that was sad right there. Well, I'm I'm realistic. Yes, yeah. you know the Ravens I, the Ravens bounced back from their loss to the Bengals. Looked really good beating Case Keenum and the Broncos 27 to 14 at home. This was a game that they had to win, um, and they took care of business. Joe Flacco had a pretty good game, managed the game really well, and their defense looks dominant. Yeah, the defense looked really good. That was that was good Flacco. You talk about good Flacco, bad Flacco. That was a good Flacco game. Denver coming, you know, coming east didn't look too good. Um, that was a game where Keenum did, wasn't able to get they it. They lost one of they their best to, young players because he got kicked out of the game like five minutes. Yeah, in, they but. weren't able to generate much offense at all. 
probably due to the credit that the Baltimore Ravens defense, you know, they showed up to play because they didn't perform well in that Thursday night game against Cincinnati. Cincinnati, especially in the first half, kind of ran all over them. Yeah. So you know Harbaugh in a long week wanted to, you know, reestablish some some tough defense, and they brought that to the field. Um, I think they look at the vulnerability of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think they know that with the history that, the Bengals have, which is not a great one. This is one. their division right they, now. They, they look think they at can own it. Yeah, they they definitely do. I, I think they look at this as a as a possibility to start kind of. Okay, they got a white. They got a wake up call against Cincinnati. All right, let's get home week three. You got Denver traveling over here, and let's rock and roll. And they and they did. That was a good performance by the Ravens. That was a strong showing. Absolutely. Next game up is the greatest quarterback of all time. Looks like it. If Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson could figure out a way to make a baby, I think he would be named Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> with the elusiveness. <laughs> I'm and you really saw, just going to let that one go. <laughs> if, with the, if you saw that touchdown pass where he did that Russell Wilson play where he, he did ran around the back, entire way of the field. But then yeah. he threw the ball. On a line. On a line with a 25 Brett Favre yards. kind of throw, but he threw it so quick it looked like it an was Aaron Rodgers kind of yeah, throw. It was, That's it was. why I say something like that because he looks like a mix of the three. It's just incredible. What a job Andy Reid has done. He's gotten everybody involved. You know he has thrown a touchdown to nine different players Well, he's thrown a hell of a lot of touchdowns. That's, that's absurd. Sure. That offense is the best offense in football. I mean, them and, the, them and the Rams, and I think the Chiefs take the cake right now just because of the quarterback play. I mean, not that Jared Goff has played bad, but Jesus, he can't Patrick, do what Mahomes did. No, not at all. He doesn't have the arm strength and he doesn't have the speed. He's a good quarterback. Definitely oh yeah, a good quarterback and the player. talent he has around him helps. But absolutely, just from and, an individual standpoint, Mahomes is just on another level. The Chiefs' offense is playing so well that we're probably not even going to talk about how bad their defense is. Why? They're three and zero. There's no absolutely, need to. Yeah, yeah no. I felt good about that pick. I'm glad I had it. Um, so moving on to the other side of this game. Yeah. Tough, tough, tough. Jimmy G comes back on a on a run where he tries to get a first down, tries to go back, and you see this far too often. Just get out of bounds, man. Just go out of bounds. It's the non-contact injuries that just kill these man. knees, man. They're I mean, tough. you take one errant step and and what a blow. The running back for the team, Brita, had one of those too, where he he had a non-contact, was running alone, and then luckily it was just a hyperextended knee for his case. But going back to Jimmy G, I mean, and he was having a pretty good game. He was keeping up with, I mean, obviously I still think the Chiefs would have won, but he was keeping up with them, putting up some good numbers, but it is really tough to see. It's early in the year. Hopefully he can come back next year after basically having a full season to rehab that thing. And I, I hopefully they can, you know, hopefully he can be back at full strength. You see that um, Deshaun Watson is having trouble you know, just shaking off yeah, the a lot rust. of rust in this. And it's, yep. it's very different when it's, you know, a running back like Adrian Peterson came back from and all these guys come He's back. He's a freak, though, man. And, well, he does things aside that from some that, people haven't done That physically. is an instinctive position. Quarterback is not an instinctive position. You have to make a lot more decisions, even with your feet and whatnot. So I think it takes a little bit more time to shake that rust off than it does a running back. You see that with Deshaun Watson. You see that with a lot of these quarterbacks with those ACLs. But I think... For, from a perspective of the Niners, if you're not going to go out and get a guy like Mike Lennon, Tyrod Taylor, Jameis Winston. I was just going to say Jameis. And you're going to sit there with C.J. Beathard when you thought you were going to be probably the second best team out in the, out in the West. I think you're going to be one of the worst four teams in the league and you got a chance to be the number one pick if you're going to run C.J. Beathard out there. 
called Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> Uh, don't even get me started on that. I don't think that. they're going to Cap- do that. No. Well, the Niners, hell no, they're not going to no. do it. And the Niners, with good reason, just because Kaepernick played there before. They know him. No Understandably, Understandable if the Niners but don't want to do it, but say, other teams should be calling All him. I'll say on him, because this is not a political podcast and, and we are not here to discuss how we lean or anything like that, but all I'm going to say is this. C.J. Beathard is given the benefit of the doubt to start the rest of the season for the San Francisco 49ers. And Deshaun Kaiser still has a backup job in in Green Bay, and Kaepernick doesn't even get a call. I'm just gonna end it at that. Well, you should just show that, and then actually, um, to show some of maybe Sam Bradford's tape, just show <laughs> yeah. a little tape. Sam Bradford, I always forget about. I mean, he's show he some got Mitchell removed. Trubisky tape. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ, it, it's crazy, man. This the guy, amount of horrible. We want to talk about play. politics, although I will say he's donated a ton of money to charity. Seems to be. Walking the way he's talking, which is definitely appreciated. Of course. He's not a hypocrite. Not at all. The guy the guy should have at least gotten a shot. RG three's on the fucking it, on the, on he, the teams Ravens. are scared, man, and I think it really has to do a lot with the the bed the NFL has made itself. They they're half pregnant on every single issue and I think from a football standpoint, there's a lot of teams that over the last two years would have loved to have him. There was that story that the Ravens were interested, the Seahawks as well. Even if you don't need to start him, look at the predicament there's a lot of NFL teams have found themselves in. These owners these owners, and these groups who, who know the backlash that they're going to get from some of their fans who also lean a certain way politically – are not going to have anything good to say about them signing him. Well, because the reason being is because they know the people that lean the other way are still going to watch. Exactly. So it's a tough situation for the owners to be in. I mean, I'd like to see a guy who deserves to at least be in the league be in the league for something, you know, it's not like talk about the domestic violence, talk about all the horrible situations that NFL players find themselves in. This guy took a political stance regardless of how you feel about it, it was his right to do so. so. And unfortunately he's being criticized for it and, and his being punished for it. Like you said, show the Sam Bradford tape, show the Deshaun Kaiser tape, CJ Beathard's going to be given a chance to start. There's so many up and down the line. Yeah, Nathaniel. I mean, we could spend two hours on a podcast just talking about the backup quarterback situations that these teams have. It's crazy. So, you know, that's that's where we'll lean with that. Uh, the 49ers are in a really tough spot. I feel bad for Garoppolo. He got paid. He was given the situation so that he wanted. Tom is now going to have to uh, look at videos of him rehabbing in the pool and, and hope for that instead of seeing him on the field. Um, but tough deal for the 49ers. Another great win for the Chiefs. They were at home. I had a good feeling about that game. Mahomes right now is the greatest quarterback of all time. And the mythical birth child of Aaron (laughs) Rodgers and Brett Favre. And Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson. Sorry, I forgot the holy trifecta there. Okay, so (laughs) moving on down the line. Miami Dolphins 3-0. I like what I'm seeing from the Dolphins. And, of course, when they get to beat the Raiders, I love that. The Raiders were up early in that game but they couldn't close if only they had a pass rusher. That would be so <laughs> oh, amazing. Jesus. Well, but listen, I think the Raiders controlled Tannehill looked good. The Raiders controlled the clock 3 to 1. Um Jordy Nelson had a huge game. But you know, when when you when it's 4th and 1 and you're handing the ball off to somebody that I don't even know who their name is and you have Marshawn Lynch on your team, tell Gruden to go back and watch that Super Bowl when they decided to pass and Malcolm Butler picked it off. I don't I, these decisions that he makes 
he he sticks to his game plan and he won't go against it no matter what. And you need to make adjustments in the arrogant NFL. I hell. don't understand it. Arrogant and stubborn well, he's as only hell. three, so I hope he's enjoying being arrogant. I mean, he's got a ten-year contract, so he sure as shit isn't going anywhere. But listen. I wonder this. I know it's very early. I don't know if Derek Carr is the quarterback when they get to Vegas. Wow. He doesn't seem to be a guy wow. that Gruden loves. There's tension there. Well, he'll be a starting quarterback somewhere, maybe just not for the Las Vegas Raiders. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, they got another year in Oakland before the they England move. The Patriots? Would you be surprised? No. I don't know. And that's just me throwing that out there. I haven't heard I any Derek stories. Derek Carr got a little overrated after a huge second year, but he's definitely one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. I would, I would certainly, if, if I was a young team rebuilding, I would very much like the fact that I had Derek Carr on my team. But how about the Dolphins? I mean, Tannehill, who we've talked about on our preview, is a guy that seems like he could kind of fall out of love for good down in South Beach. Doing has a good put, job. Managing has put together clock, three well. good games. He seems like he has a little better supporting cast than we initially thought. Yeah. The head coach is solid, and the defense has stepped up and played very well. Like you said, it seems like they have a game plan. They stick to it. They actually know what they're doing clock management-wise. That's always been something that has hurt them well, in aside, the past. Aside to sticking to their game plan, I, I mean, Gruden sticks to his game plan to his detriment. They stick to their game plan to where they'll make adjustments when necessary and they'll run a trick play if need be and they find the right time for it like they did on that sweep that turned into yep. a touchdown to Now, Grant. they're going to get tested this week in Foxborough because up to this point, you know, they beat a Texan team that hasn't they, – they've won some games, but they're, they're low scoring and, and they haven't seemed like they're really, you know, for real yet. They beat the Jets, spoiling Darnold's homecoming. We don't know what the Jets are going to be at the end of the season. Right now yeah. they're one and two. And they beat up on what is currently a winless Raider team. So they've had two games at home, taking care of those. One of those was that ugly opening game, that eight-hour-long game against the Titans. Yeah. You to, can't really take much away the from Jets. that game. So they're 3-0. and They're one of those, okay, is this 3-0 and for real? They're going to get their first chance to prove that this yes. weekend in Foxborough, a place where they have really had almost no success in the last 20 years. All in all, an enjoyable game. Uh, there was a couple trick plays in it, and John Gruden lost. What else can you ask That's, for? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we are in lockstep, man. We are rooting for him to lose every single game. Absolutely. Get that bowl cut out of here. <laughs> Absolutely. So moving on, the last game of the AFCs that we have lined up. Steelers survived Monday Night Football in Tampa Bay. Both defenses. It was a fun game to watch. This is one of those games where if you want to get somebody into football, you show them that game. Until you see the penalty that game. was called on the Deshaun uh, Jackson punt return. That was bad. That was bad, man. But uh, at the same time, this was a high-scoring game. Both defenses are terrible. Buccaneers win the game if, 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 that's, if, that's, not a, if that's not a hold. There, well, there was a play sequence where the Buccaneers win the game if they had just run the clock out in the at the end of the second quarter didn't give the Steelers the ball the Steelers go down and score and how many points did they win the game by yeah I know exactly but, yeah I, I just know that uh, if, if they had had that punt return and that's one of those things with the NFL that they get a little trigger happy with throwing those flags and basically a little have you watched the games this well year? Uh, that I said that's a little <laughs> facetiously so I, I mean I don't like the fact that on any kick and punt return, you can call a block in the back and a hold. It happens every single time. It seems like they use their discretion at times, and and there is nothing more egregious in that play than there have been in a lot of others. And 
And that's such a mo- – I mean, one of the most exciting plays in football is a punt return, a kick return, which has basically been eradicated from this NFL now that when it happens, it's even more rare than it used to be. Yep. Still very exciting. I mean, that was a giant momentum changer, and it, the the stands were going crazy. It looked like the Buccaneers could go 4-0. and uh, Fitz, Ma- Fitz Magic, oh my God, Fitzpatrick. <laughs> well, he did not. Look, he looked like Fitz. Tra- Everybody's saying this, <laughs> this is very corny, but he looked like Fitz Tragic in the first half. But Fitz Magic was back. He in was, the and half. it looked like he was going to the revive them from the dead. The thing that I appreciate just couldn't quite close it about Ryan Fitzpatrick is that he doesn't give a shit, and he knows who he is. He knows he's going to make some turnovers, which was it, it, this. This game describes Fitzpatrick perfectly. He throws like three picks in the first half. He knows he's going to do that, but he says, fuck it. The only way we're going to win this game is if I keep chucking it, and it worked for him in the second half. And as as much as he made me want to pull my hair out as a Jets fan when he was on my team, when he's on somebody else's team slinging the ball around and not giving a fuck that he just threw three picks and going out there with the world, all the confidence in the world, that's what I love about watching him play is because he just keeps slinging it. He's a throwback. I like it too, especially because you, you just said it. I mean, at this, especially at this point in his career, he knows what he is. And if he throws picks, what, like, what's the worst that's going to happen? He's going to lose his starting job again? Yeah. You know, I don't think he's going to, truthfully. I think he did still enough to that where they could have won that game. Um, so I, what I took away from that game is, the Steelers put up points like they always do. Defense struggled. Roethlisberger had a really good game. Didn't turn the ball over like crazy like he had in his first two games. And but there's still a lot of lot of questions that yeah. That there's a lot of work team. to be done on this Steelers roster. Antonio Brown had a pedestrian game. Juju had a really good game. Vance McDonald had one of the best stiff arms I've ever seen. And James Conner did did an okay job. But moving from James Conner, we'll talk about the other running back. In uh, in Pittsburgh, that is not on the team currently. We'll turn. We'll take the the game recap hat off, and we'll put the GM hat on. So Le'Veon Bell is. I don't know if you knew this. He's still not on the team. Yeah, yeah. No, I had heard. Yeah. Um. And there's a few teams that have been calling. So here, here's the way it's it works. First of all, after last week, if there's a trade before last week, if there was a trade made, a team could immediately lock him up. You can't re-sign a player from here on out until the end of the season. So whichever team trades for him, he's a rental. He's like, if Jimmy Butler gets traded, he can leave. If Kawhi Leonard leaves next year, same thing. He can walk. There's a lot more risk in that in the NFL than there is in the NBA because draft picks are such a premium in the NFL comparatively to the NBA. Right. Unless you're a Brooklyn Nets fan. But we'll leave it at that. Fucking A. Um, so I think there's about seven weeks left till the NFL trade deadline, something like that. Five to seven weeks where they can trade him. I think it's week eight. Week eight, week nine is, is when the deadline okay, is. Okay, so yeah. less. May, yeah, maybe five five weeks from here, okay? Because the week hasn't started yet. Le'Veon Bell, not only do you have a limited amount of time to trade him, Le'Veon Bell is basically a free agent right now because let's say hypothetically – at the Arizona Cardinals, even though they have David Johnson call and, and, and they agree on a deal. Then you have to call Le'Veon Bell and say, hey, come sign the franchise tag because we want to trade you to the Arizona Cardinals. It's basically a no trade clause because Le'Veon Bell can say, fuck that. I'm not signing that franchise tag to go play on a team that's going to win two games this year. Go go find me another team. So Le'Veon so the Bell kind of really holds all the cards court. here yeah. because he, 
it's basically a no trade clause to the point where he can just say, I'm not signing the thing. I'm just going to sit this year out and pass up on the $15 million and I'll be a free agent next year. Thanks. So it's, it's really interesting times in the NFL. And I think that I think he will get traded to a contender, but I think that the chances of him getting traded got a little bit lower because they can't even negotiate with him. They could have an under-the-table deal. Lord knows. That that shit happens all the time in all sports. I mean, people are probably getting paid in fucking Bitcoin at this point. Yeah. Like, why are players taking discounts that don't right. need it? Right. You know what I mean? Especially but, for a guy like Bell. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or you know, in the other NBA, just going on a side. Why did Durant, it didn't even affect the NBA capital. He basically saved his, his owner $10 million. Why did he? Oh, well, he got a, he got a fucking... USB stick with twenty billion dollars in Bitcoin on it. That's why. Right. But whatever. That's that's a whole another uh, sports controversy. That doesn't matter. Basically, the bottom line is going going over the the Le'Veon Bell news. They the team that that gets him can't re-sign him until the off season, and he has to be traded by week eight. All right. Nine. So when he where, makes the decision. So so what do you think happens with him? What do you think happens? I, do you find do you find any resolution with him in the Steelers where he plays this year. I think a, a team that is either close to contention or is in contention calls. And I think a deal gets done. I think it depends on how badly he wants to play football this year. And I also think he's going to be an older running back who hasn't played in a year and has a lot of wear and tear on the tires. Well, there's another curveball, and I mentioned this during our NFL Looking preview. Looking for a big full-time deal next year. Yeah, and, and there's another curveball, and I mentioned this during the NFL preview, is that you know people get hurt in the NFL all the time, and if somebody on the Steelers gets hurt and they have to go out and get another free agent off the street or two or whatever, they can pull back that franchise tag at any time, and then he's an automatic free agent. So that's another variable in this thing. There's a lot that goes into I it. I really it don't really know is. if he gets traded. If I were to say, I'd lean more towards yes. I think he's fed up with the Steelers. I think that's already a very torn locker room. And to bring him in there, especially with how vocal his offensive linemen and teammates have been, they're already, you know, having Antonio Brown act out, have everybody do all this shit. You can't – they don't want to bring feels, in another guy. That team feels like it's a bunch of freaking independent contractors. It doesn't feel like that's a team that's at all. It's a bunch of mercenaries. And, yeah, for sure. and, and, yeah. And, and Tom Wynn, who I believe is a very good coach, you can see why Bradshaw hasn't liked him and has been calling him to the carpet. It doesn't seem like he has the leadership skills that has that team coming together. Which is crazy. I think they have enough talent to win games. I think even I, without Bell, I wouldn't say it's that he doesn't have the leadership skills. I would just say he's lost the locker room, which is a little bit different because that was his best thing was being the CEO, being the motivator, being the guy that everybody wanted to follow. Now it's just that he's lost the locker room. I think if he goes and gets another co- head coaching job, he goes on a good run there too. I just think it's over there. I think they're, that's done. It's hard to say because a lot of those guys, you know, they really have always kind of gone to the beat of their own drum. And it's always different once a player gets paid. And, and, and the business in the NFL is just so cutthroat. You know, it, it, there really is no, I got you covered here, man. Don't worry. You know, we're going to th- sweeten the pot. It's... What can you do for me? Okay, we found another guy to play your position. We don't need you. No, we are not signing you for a long-term deal. But don't worry. We're going to run you into the fucking ground with you know 60 combined touches a game, basically what it yeah. feels like between wide receiver and running back. And all and playing deep into the season. So that's just, you know, kind of just added upon every year. 
who his his sale rate is so low by the time he hits the open market no one's going to give a 26 uh, 26 year old running back with that kind of mileage on him a long-term deal and no matter how good he is and that's you know what i've always said with saquon is i think he's got this the shelf life of a running back unless you're an adrian peterson who as i said before when you're talking about the acl is just a freak i mean things that he's done he had another over 100 yard rushing game this week it's that doesn't happen and you fall off a cliff like that you know we said to marco murray every year there's a whatever happened to that guy? oh yeah absolutely. and bell could easily be that and if he doesn't play football this year if he t- if he takes the high ground what he believes to be a high ground not play say fuck you guys you know you you do what you want i'm, I'm gonna sit out and then and then sign with the team next year he might get one year offers he, I don't think he's going to be that coveted for long term, and and he's going to really piss away an opportunity to make a lot of money. And well, we we'll see. He's it's crazy. Been, he's been head the and shoulders. The business in the NFL is just so it's but, brutal. But the thing is, he's been literally head and shoulders above the league, the best running back over the last five years. Oh, I don't disagree with you. And I think you know maybe a team gives him a three year deal, requ- takes a shot. I think on it him. would require a team that is desperate. Raiders, yeah, maybe? can you see him going out there? I mean, a team like maybe Seattle to put him mm-hmm. with a Russell Wilson. A Denver always is in the mix for veterans. Jets. The Jets. They have a lot of cap space. I know, but I you, you texted me money. You don't want that. Absolutely not, especially when you have Isaiah Crowell averaging like 4.5 yards a carry. Looking you can really find good running backs off the scrap heap that, Isaiah Crowell. Right, that produce more than a, more than average numbers for the you. The Jets issue. Alex Collins came out of nowhere for Baltimore. Absolutely. The Jets issue is not their running back. It is their offensive line. But moving on after that, because we're just going to have to wait and see on this one. I don't think anybody really knows. I don't think Le'Veon Bell or the Steelers know what the hell is going to happen. Um, the Rams will start off with the NFC. The Rams, uh, they basically just murdered the Chargers. Um, the Rams lo- are so good. couple turnovers for Phil Rivers, and then he just couldn't. When you play that team, you got to play perfect football because you're not going to be able to dig yourself out of that hole no matter how much you score because they're going to score more. Yeah, the battle for LA was, you know, not much of a battle. That no. showed that the Rams are just—they're one of the three best teams in football. I mean, they're oh lord, they're the best. I yeah, I mean, I think right now, I, I think that there are some other teams that that are in the mix, but as of right now, I I, I, I still them, don't think that they've played anybody phenomenal yet. I would take yet. them over the Kansas City Chiefs just I because was of the fact say, their defense. But side note on the, the defense. The Chiefs were very interesting for me. I still Peters, think that they might be just as good. Peters and Tlaib both went out with injuries, and we'll have to take a look at that and see if they're going to be out for an extended period of time because when you lose two shutdown corners, that affects everything. That affects the rush. That affects everything. So we'll have to see how that one goes. Losing two big guys like that, it'll be tough on a defense. It will. I, I really just said one of the top three because up to to me, I don't think that they've played anybody yet True. that's been you know somebody where you can say that's a statement win. Now, after tomorrow night when they go play Minnesota. Chargers were somewhat of a statement The Chargers, win. yes. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl, you so did, I'm going to stick with you them. Know, they, they didn't look very good against Kansas City. Um. I don't know about the Chargers. I, I just don't know about the Chargers. Chargers, but, The Chargers do not lose football games, including this one, because they don't have the talent. They lose football games because they don't have the coaching and they don't have the discipline. 
Yeah, and sometimes the kicker. I mean, I well, <laughs> a lot of the times the kicker. Right, but no, I mean from the from the L.A. Ram side, you know, to put a bow on them is Goff is justifying that pick. The talent around him just makes him look even better. Gurley's running like a maniac. The defense is is very very vicious, especially on that line, and of course the mercenaries in the in the in the uh, defensive backfield too. I think that they're gonna take. I think they're gonna take down the Vikings. I, this is a team I could see easily as w- the last undefeated team standing. Oh man, I could see them actually going undefeated. I really wouldn't Close. be surprised. Yeah, I don't know. I, usually, it's even so you hard. saw it with Carolina in like week fourteen. You know, you're gonna it's lose. It's so a game. hard. You know, because anything, especially this year. Look at what happened this weekend. You know, any of those games can just pop up out of nowhere. But I think McVay is the I think McVay is the best coach, up and coming. I I think he's going to be one of the top three coaches, top five coaches in the league for another ten to fifteen years. I think he's awesome. Wade Phillips has that defense playing nasty. Say what you want about him as a head coach, but he always has yep. his defenses up there in the top of the NFL. Where is there a hole on that team? Absolutely, yeah. I think they're. I mean, of course, they're one of the top three teams. I think they're the best at this point. Just a combination of defense, offense, and special teams. Um, and their kicker's good too. Everybody on the team is is very talented. Um, but moving on to the Seahawks, I really enjoyed this game. Oh, I did too. I really did. But it made me feel bad about how pathetic the Giants were against the Cowboys because the Cowboys looked absolutely awful. They looked terrible. They their offensive line. And first of all, the the one thing that really stood out to me in this game was Dak Prescott is terrible, and he doesn't have any weapons aside from Ezekiel no. Elliott. Dak Prescott is absolutely terrible, and you know I think the offensive line looked really mediocre, but they still have a much better offensive line than the New York Giants, and they should be able to figure out how to make how to get these wide receivers. They drafted a wide receiver in the third round, the football and. Dak Prescott just does not look good at all. No, he does not. He really does not. And I had a nice feeling about... Do you about bench s- him? For who? I don't fucking care. No, they, they no, they're not going to lose to get another gonna, guy. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. I, I, I think I think Jason Garrett has to go. Well, that I, I, that's implied. I, I, now, that has been the case for years, and I know Jerry loves him, but... You know, Seattle is not a great Jerry team. Jerry doesn't love Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett just does what he's told. Which is why well, <laughs> yeah, which is why Jerry Jones loves him. This is yeah, true. a very simple, uh very simple situation. Um no, I mean I really do believe that Seattle, you know, we've said that they're not that great. And and I don't think they will be come the end of the season, but that was their home opener. They they wanted to take it to the Cowboys. That was Earl the top, that was, was the four animal. that was the four twenty five game after he sat out practices mm-hmm. and basically said, if I have as much of a headache, I'm not practicing for mm-hmm. you sons of bitches. But he balled out on Sunday and I think that talk about a coach that has lost the locker room, especially after that Super Bowl, Pete Carroll, that's a bunch of guys that even when they were all still together were going to the beat of their own drum. Now it's just I don't know who's out there that that really well, that respects him. Like, I think his whole thing. I don't thing, blame Pete either. That's much like the Steelers. That's kind of what you get. But when I you think lose his those guys, spiel, they're gone. If you listen to some interviews with Richard Sherman, it sounds like he just got very stale. Like that kind of, you know, in your face, constantly chewing the chewing the gum with the mouth open, yelling at you, you know, like 
slapping you on your ass. Like it just didn't seem like that was sustainable. That's what Sherman said. And, and that high energy kind of college coaching, uh, it was just not going to work long term. But that was a good show for the for the Seahawks. I think they really were going to take that game. Played well without their best wide receiver and Doug Baldwin. So yep, you I know. mean, Brandon Marshall made made a couple of nice plays. Um, former Jet great. And Russell Wilson Fuck is you. so good. Russell Wilson is so good. But yeah, he won on ca- that game. He did absolutely. And Chris the Carson showed goes over a hundred gain, a hundred yards gain. I mean, they had a really Cowboys nice, offense blows. They had a really nice flow to that game. I thought the Cowboys defense had picked it up from last season. I was wrong after this game. So far, yeah. When they eh. played the Giants, I mean, they were oh, able. They look good against the Panthers as well. They did. So they have they have Demarcus Lawrence who wreaks havoc on that line. They have obviously Sean Lee who almost never plays. That guy Taco. Yeah, Taco Charlton, Charlton's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I mean they have some they have some guys. The, uh, the Smith, middle linebacker out of Notre Dame yep. as well is pretty good. Yep, and they Smith. have and they have really good corners. But I mean, listen, this offense is so stagnant. There, it's very vanilla as well due to the head coaching. They need a real big shakeup. They do. I, I don't think they. I I still think that they believe in Dak. Um, they're going to use the offensive line. You know, falling apart as an excuse. Which is fine, you know. A lot of teams do, Giants included, Jets included. But they're in a lot of trouble. They're not good. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the Redskins now are the second best team in that division. I don't know. But to to go down next, um, I want to look at the Eagles in uh, Carson Wentz's return. They only won by four. Andrew Luck looks like check down Charlie. And that He's was, averaging five yards of completion. And dude. that was That's definitely shown when they send Jacoby Brissett out there to make the biggest throw of the season so far on that Hail Mary. And that's just not a great looking offense. And he's getting time to throw the ball. That's what I don't understand. And I'm and I'm watching and I'm refreshing the game. I'm watching the They scores. easily could have won that game. And and I'm watching it on red zone and I'm like, this guy is not moving the ball at all for like a quarter and a half chunks. It's terrible. Three and out, three and out, three and out, and it's awful. They have some good young rookies on on defense, but the Eagles did just enough to win. I think Jay Ajayi sat that game out. They didn't really have much of a running game. And Wentz looked a little rusty. There was a couple plays where it was broken and he had to make he had to make a run and he ran for a couple first downs, which is definitely showing a lot of promise. Made a couple of good throws and I think this week will be he'll look a lot better and that Eagles team will look a lot better. Alshon Jeffrey's on his way back. Ajayi should play this week. Corey Clement's going to be fine. That team, Darren Sproles should play this week. That team's rounding into form. That was the perfect game for Wentz to have his first game back against. You're at home. You're playing you know, a Colts team that's not very good. You can kind of go through your growing pains and, and, and be able to capitalize on some opportunities, be able to mess up some opportunities knowing that you're not facing you know, one of the most prolific offenses of all time out there. So Wentz... Give him a few weeks. He's going to get back to to his MVP form. He's so great. He threw a touchdown in his first series back. Went through the you know rest of the game, kind of stumbling around a little bit, getting his feet under him, getting that knee, feeling a little bit more comfortable. The Eagles are still the cream of the crop of this division, obviously. Um, good win to get, especially in his first game back. It was the perfect matchup for him to have. 
Oh, definitely. So moving on to the next game, and I hope everybody took the over on this game because <laughs> there was absolutely zero. D- yes, I did. I took the over, and there I took you go. I took the um I took the Saints with the spread. Those were my only two wins of the week. Fucking bullshit. Um, so the Saints win in overtime against the Atlanta Falcons, and Matt Ryan had his best game in what I think is. Over, the, over two years. He was incredible, wasn't um, he? he? Since the Super Bowl run, he has not looked great. Um, your guy, Calvin Ridley, had a hell of a game. They had a weak link at Roll corner, time. and he just continued. Stop it. And he just continued. I'm going to figure out a way when I produce this, every time you say Roll Tide, to just mute you. I'm going to figure out a way to do that. But going back to that, they figured out a way to just pick on that one corner the entire game. But Drew Brees just outlasted him and and bettered them in the in the end of the game. Michael Thomas is having one of the best starts for a wide receiver ever, ever. That's crazy. He looks like Jerry Rice out there. <laughs> That's crazy. I Kamara's I great too. Yeah, I mean the same. Both of those teams have awesome offenses. That was going to be a high scoring game, regardless of who's at home. They both play indoors. Those are those are always high scoring affairs. Mm-hmm. The Saints, that defense still is not very good. I I worry about them from a defensive well, standpoint. We're going to find out how we're they gonna, look against you, your New York Giants. That's right. They really suck. And, yeah, and and that's outdoors, and and it's they're the one team that doesn't have a very good pass rush that the Giants are actually facing. So we'll see. Keep in mind, the Saints traded up in the draft this year to go out and get a pass rusher. Hasn't done. Does anything. not look like they have much of a pass. No, rush. and their and their corners don't look great. They're they're giving up a whole bunch of yards, and Atlanta's a tough team to really gauge that against because they're just. You know, they have every single reason to average like 35 points a game. It's really just dependent on whether Ryan is feeling it or not, which he hasn't done a whole lot, as you alluded to, since his Super Bowl run of two years ago. But now they're facing so many injuries. I mean, I think this is a game that, you know, they were fighting through injuries. They were losing guys left and right, but they were staying in there. And to me, it felt like whoever was going to get the ball first in that in overtime was going to end up winning and end up being the Saints. Um, I, I think that right now the NFC South is as crowded as it ever has been or could have been. We didn't think that the Buccaneers would all be there. They're a punt return penalty away from being uh, three and four and zero. Oh. Uh, oh yeah, best three, division yeah, in football clearly. So two and one all the way around. I, I I don't or one and two now for the Falcons. I don't know. I don't know what to make of either of those teams going forward. The Saints have a lot to show me uh, for them to justify being your Super Bowl pick. Uh, obviously, I'm not feeling too great with the Vikings, but that was a classic NFC South showdown. A lot of offense, not a lot of defense. Yeah, um, that's definitely two dome teams playing football. But we'll look ahead um, on on those games in a, in a little bit and see how they perform, especially in the the South down there, because that's probably the best division in football, I think, in my opinion, right now. Especially yeah. with the Bucks playing out of their mind. Yeah, because we didn't see them coming. Yeah. So, so to throw their hat in the ring, yeah, I don't see how that's not the best from a parity standpoint, the best, the best uh, division in the NFL right now. Yeah. So moving on next to Alex Smith beating up on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. 
another hit this week that Clay Matthews make. And this one was even more egregious than the other one. This one was just a forearm tackle with a beautiful hip roll, and he brings him down to the game. Sorry he put his weight on him, but it's called fucking tackling a guy, which is basically bringing a guy to the ground and putting your weight on him. That's like the dictionary definition of a tackle. I, I I I can't believe it. It's it's not like I'm not even watching football anymore. If that's a penalty for a second week in a row, and the NFL continues to double down, I'm sorry. We're we're two we're two years away from flag. It used to be when the rules started to change. You can't go at a quarterback's legs, so you go up you go up high. Then the whole concussion thing happened, rightfully so, because concussions are terrible, and the NFL should pay attention to that. So you can't go high. So you aim for this his fucking chest. Rule. Now, if you hit a guy in the chest, this you is get a another penalty. rule that we talked about in the summertime when they were going, when the league offices were talking about this to the competition committee and and instating it and teaching the referees about it. That is just damaging the game, and it seems like, again, the NFL, no pun intended, dropped the ball again. They don't know what they're doing. They're trying to cut off their nose despite their face. They don't know. I mean, it's everything. I mean, we get it. We want to make the game safer. We understand the risks. But you got to remember that a lot of what the NFL is under, you know, hell for from from its retired players from the eras of the 60s, 70s, 80s, even in the 90s, Everybody knew the risks of playing tackle football at this level. Their whole argument was that the NFL didn't do enough to keep them safe. You know, throwing guys back out there with concussions, uh, not telling them about the dangers of, you know, constant concussions, banging the heads up against, not having the technology of good helmets and whatnot. It wasn't ever about playing football. People from the 60s have been throwing their, you know, signing their lives away to play tackle football. You know what you're getting into and what you're going to deal with at the end. I mean, they have constantly, since that concussion movie came out, they've got the concussion tents now. They've got the injury protocols. You can't play a game unless you've gone through a million different tests. But it's still in its essence is tackle football, which at its you know true core is a violent game. If the proposal for NFL football was brought to you know the the forefront this in this era, it would never be allowed to play. This is a game that was you know kind of barbaric, very barbaric, has gone through transformations over its time. And to make it safer, but you can't take away what football is, which is a tackle sport. And I get it. You don't want to lead with the head, but you can tell. I mean, if the casual fan, I mean, we're, we're more than casual fans. We, we love it, but we've never played at a high level. We, but we understand. You can tell when someone's trying to lead with their helmet and distribute a heavy blow or when the angle of trying to make a tackle just doesn't line up and, the, and their crown of their helmet ends up coming in line with the other with the ball carrier. You know, now they're basically trying to say, oh, yeah, yeah, you want to tell us about concussions? You say that we're these these devils. All right. (laughs) Well, you know what? That's a penalty. That's a penalty. (laughs) And and it basically is, it seems very spiteful to me, especially to a guy like Clay Matthews, who does not have a history or a reputation of being anything more than just a hard-hitting, clean player. So I know that was a rant, but come on, man. This is football. I can't take this shit. If you want to play flag football, you want to put the quarterback in one of those practice jerseys like they do during practices, 
then then do that. Put a bubble around him, the punter, and the kicker, and never let them get touched, and you're going to see constant games in the 60s. If that's what people want, then great, but I don't think it is. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, that was a very long soliloquy you went on there. It was great. It was great. You did a really good job. I'm but I very smart. I de- <laughs> yeah, right. I definitely couldn't agree with you more, man. I don't want football to go in that direction. I want everybody to live long, healthy lives. But I think if you keep but the you concussion know what you're signing things up for absolutely, and I think if you keep the concussion things going, all that stuff, I'm all for it. But when it gets to the point where the guy makes a beautiful guy makes a tackle that if you're showing kids in peewee football an instructional video on how to tackle that's one of them we said it's that a last week too it's this absolutely is even a little better and 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 just you know to even go off that is even the quarterbacks are fucking commenting on it brady roethlisberger this is going a little too far yeah, yeah i think so I, I i couldn't agree more but to get I to mean, the game the redskins are now two and one in this nfc east and alex smith has done what alex smith has done in his career manager. i'm not going to say the redskins are going to make a super bowl run but maybe one of those wild card spots or maybe even a run at the division depending on how wince looks but looking at the other side of the ball peterson did have a big game uh, on that on his that, second on the redskins. his second one this year yes he looks like he's still going to be a productive player who knows maybe he'll even play next year aaron Rodgers is definitely hurt oh yeah seriously hurt he there's a lot of speculation hurt. that it's an acl mcl kind of deal where like he's definitely got a little tear in there because he doesn't look comfortable at all a little. That was a, i think he's gonna have to get surgery that was a bad field to play on i think they're doing everything that they can to run him out there because they just figure that him on one leg is better than Deshaun Kaiser on two. Yeah, I don't know why they made that trade. Again, why are you going to Cleveland for quarterbacks? <laughs> Absolutely, but I, I think that this running game is going to start to turn around. They got Aaron Jones off of a suspension who is much better than Ty Montgomery and the other running back, Jamal Williams, there. A lot of weapons for Aaron Rodgers to throw to even hurt with Jimmy Graham and Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams and Geronimo Allison. So I think this team will be fine, and they'll be in the mix in the um, NFC North for plenty of time. No? I, I don't know. From what I'm seeing right now. From what if, you're seeing right now, you if, just watched the Vikings if, lose to the Bills 27-0. I understand, but. They do have. Did it, you not watch that? Kirk game? Cousins is better than the Aaron Rodgers I'm seeing right now. I don't agree. I, I Aaron Rodgers doesn't look like he he can't make his best is is running out of the pocket making plays happen. You're right. He doesn't look comfortable. And Cousins, like we said, that was a throwaway game. And you're using that against me this week. I could have used that tie that your Saints had against the freaking Browns. You're but, right. <laughs> We don't know. It's three weeks in. It's but I'm just saying in, that Aaron Rodgers does not look good, and they was, don't have a plan B. That was what I was going to say. Is The one thing we do know is that we don't know to the severity, but Aaron Rodgers is definitely hurt, and he does not look like himself out there. And you can tell just by the way he throws the ball, by the way he doesn't move around in the pocket, and most importantly, he's taking every single snap out of shotgun. He does not take a lot of snaps out of shotgun. He's always under center, and the reason why is because he cannot move around, and he needs that extra two seconds of protection. Desperately. Absolutely. But moving on to the last game, another game that fucked me is the Bears win but didn't cover in an ugly game down in Arizona. I mean, this game all around. Larry Fitzgerald just looks like – he doesn't look like a shell of himself, but he looks like a decoy because – Sam Bradford can't get him the goddamn ball, yet they decide to score more points in one game than they did in the two before that. <laughs> and 
Mitchell Trubisky. Which was 14. Yeah, I, I know. That's the saddest part of it all is that it was not like they scored 60 points. It was 14. And Mitchell Trubisky, Bears fans should be re- – I mean, listen, I know you're riding a high. You won. You got Khalil Mack. Your defense looks – you know, like it's a throwback defense to the 85 Bears with Mike Ditka and all this shit. You're, you should be really nervous because you traded up to get a quarterback that looks like Blake Bortles. Remember when I said that I he thought the Lions were only going to be better because of Mitch Trubisky? I think Mitch Trubisky's the reason why I picked them to be last in that division. And their defense is so good and doesn't deserve it. But he sucks. He's not good. No, man. And he's, Give me Matt Stafford throwing six picks against the Jets over Mitchell Trubisky any oh, day. Oh, absolutely. He's the type of guy where he goes through his first read, and if he's covered, he doesn't know what the fuck to do. He's running. He turns into an athlete instead of a quarterback really quick. And he has to be saying the praises to the GM that not only picked him, but then went out and got to Khalil Mack. Because Khalil Mack has won them Why two the is Mike Glennon that terrible that you can't even give Has him a to look? Be. Oh, or is it just because right. you don't want to admit right. your defeat? So there it is. You're not going to give up on a guy in his second year, especially it's his first full When When did he come in to start last year? Second week, third yeah, week. He right? looks like a deer in headlights, man. He looks terrible. Yeah, he, he doesn't is look Blake good. Bortles. He, Blake, actually, Blake Bortles, that's giving a little too much credit to Mitch Trubisky and not enough to Blake Bortles. He looks wor- way worse. Than he Blake looks Bortles. really bad, really bad. And but they're going to continue to run him out there because they love the skill set that he possesses. But one skill set that you have to have as a quarterback is decision making, which is something he can't do. Uh, and they, it's not like they're you know completely, you know, removed of any offensive talent. Are you kidding me? They, they have, have a great bunch weapons. of guys. Tyree Cohen's well, that's really what I'm good. saying. They one have of the best plenty. change of pace backs. Right. Jordan Howard's one of the best backs in football. You got Allen Robinson on the outside, and you got a few and other. They're scoring players. 16 points against yeah. the freaking Cardinals. No, I mean, listen, their offense You're is great. Jump me, man! Not I'm just saying this shit. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, you said it like they're like, eh. They got Trey Burton at tight end. This team, if they had, I'm not that passionate about the Bears. If you put Aaron Rodgers with his broken leg on this team, I think they're still a lot better than which with Mitchell Trubisky. I think if they put you out there, they're about the same. No, I'm better. <laughs> I'm definitely better than that. But well, I was still paying you a compliment. <laughs> no, that sucks. I mean, the the Bears, and they're going to have to deal with this because they're going to give him every opportunity they have to, that dude. he has Not to succeed. Not only did they take him second overall, but they, they traded, traded up. They traded what could be forever to get you know to to get him with their picks and then they traded a boatload to get Mac well, which mattered but now they don't have yeah, him. And why don't why don't not not to mention and this doesn't really matter cuz they still traded up. Not only did you trade up to get him but you pass on not only Deshaun Watson but Patrick Mahomes to get him as well. Yeah, who is the greatest quarterback ever? But I think Mahomes is also, you know, he the Bears have a he's very a good of offense. Andy Reed, but but I think I think him sitting behind Smith for that year. Say what you want about Alex Smith, dude's a pro and he can make plays. And and I think Mahomes was able to take his great skill set and elevate it even further for a year sitting behind an Alex Smith. That's very true. But I I still think Mahomes is a lot better than Mitchell Trubisky. Do you? <laughs> yeah, I definitely I, I, do. What? Even if you threw him in there, that was a huge take. evaluation. <laughs> that right there is why we're the experts, right? Is that <laughs> why they course. all call us that? Absolutely. All right. So moving well, on. People to are our... looking for their NFL. They need to come to sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. So moving on to our picks from last week. You went two and two. I went two and two as well. Your two and two seems like I. I don't mean to say this, but your two and two seems like a lucky two and two. Mine 
pisses me off. I should have been four now. I don't want to hear it. Your fucking Jets screwed me. <laughs> and I didn't pick my Giants because I've had no reason to. I well, Houston's just worse than the Giants, and that's well, why I, I found that Giants. out. But yeah. I didn't know that going in. So you were you were Tyrod Taylor should have stayed in that game. <laughs> you picked the Jets and you were wrong, and you picked the Giants and you were wrong for the locals. We recapped those games. We recapped every game, and then you picked the Miami Dolphins and you picked the Kansas City Chiefs, and you were right about those games. I think Jimmy Garoppolo would have had a little something to say about that six and a half point that line. Game was over though, but he got hurt. And I do you really think Mahomes st- wouldn't have scored again? I think they would have. No, I think they would have ran the clock out. But I think Jimmy G would have gotten a backdoor cover. Um, I picked Cleveland to. You're also cover. two and two. Just just talk about Cleveland your team. to cover against the Jets. I was right about that. I was right about the locals this week. I didn't think so. We I just flip flopped. Yes, I didn't think the I didn't think the Houston Texans were six points better than the Giants, and that's why I went with the Giants. I don't want to give the Giants too much credit there. Then I took the Chicago Bears. Obviously, I didn't either. I looked at that defense and I said, they're absolutely going to murder Sam Bradford, which they did for the most part, but he figured out a way to put up 14 points. And the thing that fucked me over was that their offense is so terrible with Mitchell Trubisky behind it that they could only put up 16 points. And then we've already talked about the New England Patriots. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, if anybody Matt wants Patricia. to send me any, if anybody wants to send me any money, maybe I'll start a GoFundMe because I might need it. Um, but now we're going to look ahead to our picks from this week. Uh, we'll start off with the locals and we'll give a little preview. So let's lead off with the better team in New York and we'll go with the New York Jets. They are facing the Jackson. <laughs> better quarterback, better future. You what know, else can you the say? Jets, right? Absolutely, bro. They'll figure it out. All right. So they are going down to Jacksonville and they are minus seven and a half against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm taking the Jags. I am too. I think that it's really hot down there. I don't. I mean, Sam Donald's from California, so I don't think that really affects him. But I just think the Jets on the road, the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off of a loss, going against that defense with this offensive line. I'm going with the Jets. I think. Uh, sorry, excuse me. I am going with the Jags. I think even with a plus plus seven and a half, I think that Jacksonville covers. I think Blake Bortles comes back, has a better week. And this team, especially if four net plays, just runs all over the Jets. And maybe Sam Darnold gets sacked four times. I a lot of them is, are going to be covered sacks as well. I think well. this is going to be a very ugly game for Sam Darnold. I think this is a, that's fine. a game. Eli that's fine. I've had an ugly game against them too. I mean, who cares? You know, Tom Brady did. I was just going to – well, if you let me talk, I'd tell you why. This is one of the best defenses I'm in trying the to league. defend my boy here, right? <laughs> you don't need to. You're not dating him. <laughs> All right. No, I think that the I think the Jaguars are a team that defensively can really fuck with other quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks or quarterbacks that, you know, seem to be in on their last days, which Manning and Brady were, and then they're going to do the same in reverse to, to, to Darnold. The Jets on the road, not great. And I don't care about the conditions. I just don't think that I just don't think the Jets are nearly as good of a team as the Jaguars are. And I think Bortles will make enough plays in the passing game and with his legs to kind of keep the Jets off balance. And seven and a half, yeah, I will happily. I think this is a ten. I will game. certainly take. I was going to say probably fourteen to seventeen. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Now I, you're now you're hurting my feelings. <laughs> That's all right. Jesus Christ. Just wait till Sunday. All right. So moving on to the New York Giants, they are at home against the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans is a road favorite, 3.5 points. They are minus. 
I'm going with the New Orleans Saints here. And the reason why is because as bad as the New Orleans Saints defense is, I don't think the, uh, the Giants offense is good enough to keep up with New Orleans. And for every field goal that the Giants kick, I think New Orleans scores a touchdown. And I just think they figure, figure out a way to beat them by at least six. I think this game is really, really close. I think this is the first team the Giants are facing that don't really cause havoc on the to their offensive line. Eli's going to have time to make plays. But for all those reasons, I too will be taking wow. the New Orleans Saints. Burying the lead. I just think they I have was a happy better offense. With, I was happy that the Giants beat the Texans. What I took away from that game was that the Texans are even worse than the Giants. The Giants were able to score points for the first time in a while, which was nice. But they were stagnant at times in those games. In that game, New Orleans will give up a lot of points. I could see this game being in the 30s. I think the Giants will break 30 for the first time in three years. Holy but shit! I just don't think that the Giants' defense will have anything close to enough to stop to stop Breeze. I see this game being a lot like. A lot like like a 42-35 kind of game, 42-34 okay. kind of fun, game. At least. Which could be fun. And, and if you look back to a lot of Giants-Saints games in the past, regardless of oh, where the game yeah. is, they are usually high-scoring affairs, whether they're in the Meadowlands or, or uh, in that in the Superdome. Definitely. So I hate to agree with you because I was hoping we were not going to on both locals, but I have to use I, – I really have to think the Saints. Just because the Giants won one game, you know, I, I cannot – make a statement that they're gonna that they're gonna best the Saints and Breeze. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that either. I think their offense is just rolling and I think for every like I said, they score two they score two touchdowns while the Giants can score one and the same amount of time. And it takes so. the Giants a long time to materialize points. It doesn't take the Saints long at all. It takes Not them three all. plays. Yeah, the Giants are having ten play drives that last two minutes while the Saints are having three play drives that last ten seconds. So all right, so I'll make my first pick aside from the locals. I am going to take the Philadelphia Eagles minus four, another road favorite against the Tennessee Titans. I think Carson Wentz with a second week under his belt coming back. I think he's going to have a much better game. Alshon Jeffrey may play in this game. So he's taking down your boy Vrabel. Yeah, he is. Okay. Unfortunately, he's taken down my boy Vrabel. I think Jay is going to run all over them. I think this has more to do with the Eagles rounding into form and the Tennessee Titans unrounding from form. I don't know what, what to say there. I think, listen, their quarterback is hurt. Um, who knows who even plays a quarterback? Both their quarterbacks are hurt, for Christ's sake. And their offense, I don't even know how they've won their games. Nobody stands out on offense. Corey Davis has been a nothing this year. They lost their best offensive player in Delaney Walker. Jono Smith has done nothing at the tight end position since. Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis have done nothing. Rashad Matthews, who the hell has done something on this team? <laughs> That's why they won a game 9-6. Well, yeah, and yet they're 2-1. I, I, I really don't understand. Their defense is real good. I think the I think the buck stops there when it comes to their magical run of being able to pull something out of their ass and score score some you know, score nothing and and win and I think the Eagles are going to win this game by a touchdown. Yeah, I I would agree with you on that. Um you know that I hate John Gruden and the Raiders, right? <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm looking at the Oakland Raiders home against the now 1-1-1 one, one, and one Cleveland Brown team. Congrats to Cleveland. I'm riding that high and Baker Mayfield. Give me the Browns. Oh, shit. Browns. The line's two and a half. 
Road dog. Browns two and a half. The road okay. dog because it's only because they haven't they've won yeah, two they've games won in two nothing years. On the road. Yeah. And they haven't won a game on the road in got I don't know longer. Who knows? They're justifiably the dog, but I think they're a little better than the Raiders are. Talent-wise, absolutely. And I think having Mayfield in there is just going to spark a team that has the ability to win games that maybe felt like they were being a little handcuffed with Taylor. Now it's time to go. The Baker-Mayfield era has started in Cleveland. They're excited for it. I think that the Raiders just have found ways to lose. They could have won two of their games. Remember, even in the first Monday night game, they were competitive with the Rams through the first half. They easily could have beaten Denver, and they were hanging in that Miami game before coughing it up late. I think that's a culture that stands. They're they're finding ways to lose. They're at home. I don't think that that's much of a home field advantage. If anybody's watching the Browns, and and Raiders for any real reason, good for you. But now I will be. <laughs> I want to see the Browns take this game. I think they're going to. They're gonna. They're gonna get. They're gonna take that two and a half. All right, man. So my last pick of the week, I'm gonna take the L.A. Chargers at home. This is the highest spread of the week by far. Ten and a half point favorites against the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, listen. You just got beat by the L.A. Rams in L.A. And I think with Jimmy Garoppolo being out there, that defense is really going to beat up on C.J. Beathard. And I think this offense is just absolutely going to kill the Niners. I think this is a 14-point win, 13-14 point win. I mean, I just think that the Chargers are just a much more talented team, especially without Jimmy G, the beautiful Jimmy G being out there. Yeah, I'm just going to once again let that one go for everybody. Um I, I don't disagree with you. I, I see that game being around the same. My last one, I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday Night on Football. The road. Road f- oh, no, they're, they're home. home. I'm sorry. The I'm still trying. Why, why can't still you trying. just let me talk about my own picks? All right. I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are at home. Minus three favorite against Baltimore. Pittsburgh, to me, is a team that we talked about that they are just a bunch of renegades and mercenaries and and single guys on that team that are not a part of a team, but they are still super talented even without Le'Veon Bell. James Conner's very good. Baltimore won a game they had to win, beating up on Denver at home. This is going to be a classic Steelers-Ravens game. Roethlisberger plays so much better at home than he does on the road. I think he's going to turn the ball over a couple times, but I think we see bad Flacco to this game. It's Sunday night. Uh-oh. Pittsburgh's ready to go. I'm going to take the Steelers at home with that minus three, and uh, I'm going to feel good about my picks for the weekend. I'm not going to touch in that Monday night game. I've been doing Monday, I've been I doing Monday nights a little bit too much. And I think Kansas City is going to get that win even in Denver. I think they're going to run up the score, but... Again, who knows if you get good Case Keenum or bad Case Keenum because I think he has that side too. So I'm going to leave that game alone. Don't know why I gave a preview there. but um, All right, we're going to wrap this thing up. So we got our Monday pod. We're going to know where the Yankees are playing and where everyone else is playing at that point and even what the uh, NL playoff teams are going to be doing by then. So it's we'll going to be really interesting. We'll do a playoff preview. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, um, Developments will... in the Jimmy Butler saga. Yes, that is coming out. He announced the Heat as a favorite today. So, I mean, Jesus Christ, if anybody wants to call me, my resume is on LinkedIn. I'm available. 
<laughs> I'm definitely available because I did say that on Monday. Just make sure you're back here for the pod. It's not a big deal, but everybody enjoy your night and have a good weekend. Enjoy the football. Absolutely.